Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to my podcast that I enjoy doing each and every week with some of the most interesting guests. And it doesn't matter where they live. They can be local. They can be across the country. They can be out of the country. Just so happens my guest today is somebody that is local and somebody that I do know. And I'm so excited to have Jane Brusevich joining me today. She is the owner and founder of Tranquil Pet. Just the sound of that. And I must say, um, it's a dog swimming and holistic pet care. But just the word tranquil should give you kind of a clue as to what she does. So welcome to the show, Jane. Thank you very much, Marcia. I'm very excited to be here. Me too. This is going to be a lot of fun because one of the things that really unites everybody because my my brand is conversations plus connections equals community. And what all of my guests have in common, regardless if they're an author, they're self-employed, whatever it is, they have a passion. They love what they do. And you have the opportunity of sharing that with our listeners. And so what I'd like to know is if you could just, you know, give us a little bit of background. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, How far do you want me to go back? Do you want me to start out? where I was and then how I got into this business? Well, sure. You know, I don't need to necessarily know uh, what you had for breakfast, but perhaps you could tell me, you know, maybe where you grew up, you know, just a little background about who Jean is. Okay. So I was born in New Jersey, and then my folks moved out here when I was about two years old, and I've been here ever since. I grew up um, right outside of downtown L.A. in Monterey Park. And now I live um, about two miles from the beach in Torrance. Um, I worked for about 20 years in the legal field as a, as a legal secretary. And then I moved into the last 10 years I was in professional development. Um, how I got into How I got into swimming, or, or I should say working with dogs, I started out with swimming, was um, the firm um, went bankrupt and I lost my job. And I never, ever thought I wouldn't be able to find a job. And lo and behold, I ran into a lot of uh, roadblocks because I was—I I kept hearing that I was overqualified. Um, I honestly think a lot of it might have been with my experience and my age because they want to pay, you know, a lower salary with younger people coming in. Mm-hmm. So... Prior to this, I had had a dog. Um, you know how they always say when you're getting near retirement, you need to have hobbies and keep yourself busy? Yes. Uh-huh. So I had always had a connection with dogs growing up all my life. So I always had uh, had them, it, it, you know, with me, around me. Um, and one of the things that I thought was um, about 15, 20 years ago, one of my dogs got really sick. And I had her, um, she had surgery, and during surgery, her hind leg started to atrophy. And a friend of mine suggested swimming. And really, there was, it was very uncommon in those days. And so I took her swimming, and within a month, she was walking. Ooh. So um, my mother, God bless her, was taking her, because I was working in the law field, and I, my mother would take her down. Um, and the only place that was doing it was, was about 45 minutes from where I lived, but my mom would drive her down twice a week for me, and then I would take her on Saturday. And within the month, like I said, she was walking. And I thought, well, this is kind of interesting. Maybe I can do something like this after retirement. I'll learn now and start working with it, and then I'll just volunteer myself out to rescues um, when I retired. Seeing that the firm would shut down and I couldn't find a job, and through a number of circumstances, um, and 
getting pushed, kind of like guided in that direction, I started the business. And um, that's how I got started in, you know, creating this business. And as I'm putting the uh, business plan together, I'm thinking, well, you know, I don't want to just swim the dogs because while they're resting um, and I'm watching their breathing and their heart rate in the pool, maybe I could start massaging them. So that was when it took me to um, learning about massage, animal massage, and then I studied that. And then while I was studying animal massage, the instructor started speaking about Reiki, energy healing. And honestly, I, I hadn't heard of that before. So I started investigating that. And that was one of those things where you don't have to put your hands on a dog um, in order to offer it Reiki energy healing. So I thought some dogs, you know, if they have cancer or they have certain issues where you can't put your hands on them, I thought, well, this will be another alternative that I could offer. And then Mm -hmm. so that was when I started um, studying Reiki and became a Reiki practitioner, a master Reiki practitioner for animals and humans. But 99% 99% of what I do is offering it to the animals, you know, while I'm working with them. And mm-hmm. then from there, people started asking me about different questions about, like, pet first aid issues. So that was when I started studying um, how to become a pet first aid instructor, and now I offer that class to, to wow. the pet parents. And well, let me so that let was me. Let me interrupt you because I know we're going to be uh-huh. talking about all of your services because that's, mm-hmm. that's the key component of why we're doing this today. But I am curious to know, so, so when, did, when did this all get started? When, when did your business kind of kick off the ground? What year was that? December 2011. Okay, so we're, we're coming up, um, you know, on, on 10 years. So December yep. of 2011. Yep. That's really interesting, and it sounds to me like you reinvented yourself um, and into sort of a second career because you 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 saw a need. Is, would I be right about that? I, you know, it didn't start out that way. It started out that way because I had already kind of set myself up for this you know, when the time came when I would retire. So I was starting already to develop this. And then I thought, well, if I can't find a job in the field that I have been working in for 20 years, maybe it's just time that I reinvent, like you said, and and open this up. And so that was how, you know, that started. So I, if I'm being honest, um, uh-huh. As much as I, 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 I will say that there was a time when I thought about opening a doggy daycare, and uh-huh. when I did some research on that, I found that I'd be running the business and not working with the dogs, and that oh. was not my goal. And so I thought, oh, I don't want any more business headaches. So I, because I really wanted to connect with the animals, and so that was how I developed it so that it's just me and the dog in the water or me and the dog, you know, whatever other service I'm doing, except for the pet for day class. That, of course, is with their pet parents. But um, I see. That is, that is how that works. That's, that's really interesting. You know, you and I both know, because we have certainly spoke before this show today, that <clears throat> I don't have a dog, although growing up I was raised with a dog. Um, I, I, as a... Once I got married, uh, we were cat, a cat family, which I did not have cats as a child. And I recently adopted a cat from Annenberg Pet Space here in Playa Vista. Um, I feel like I should connect you to those people. It uh, might be a really, really good connection for you and the things that they do with their dogs. Um, you know, they obviously don't have a pool there, but we're going to be talking about things that you offer that don't right. don't require a pool. Everybody doesn't have one, but I know we're going to be talking about um, swimming with dogs. And you know, when I, when I heard you say that you know you swim with dogs, I thought, hmm, don't don't dogs just automatically know how to swim? I mean, that honestly, that was my. It was my very first thought, but uh, I, and I know we're going to go more into that. But I do, I do, I don't know what, where your um, um, 
idea came or your inspiration came, but I just love the name of your business. And I actually love the way you emphasize that it's tranquil, but pet is in a different color font, that, and that, that is also capitalized because it's not just a tranquil pet owner. It's, you want the pet to be tranquil. So I, I do think that, that um, this is a really did you how did you come up with a name for your business? I went through a couple of different things. One of them was um um pause in motion. And oh. then but for some but for some reason I, I think that name was taken. Uh-huh. Um but for some reason I just wanted the dog, you know, because I do work with a lot of um hyperactive animals. And um, one of the things that between, you know, the Reiki helping them, um, uh, you know, calm down, um, especially for um, hyperactive and, um, well, now I can't think of the word I'm looking for, um, you know, th- th- that especially when we've been around the last year and a half, you know, you've been, oh, yes. some of us have been home 24-7 and the dogs yes. get used to that. And then all of a sudden we go back to work, anxiety. Uh, you know, I work with dogs with, you know, that might have, like, you know, anxiety from all of a sudden mm-hmm. they're, you know, not home again. So Reiki can help calm the dog down like that because animals are very sensitive to energy, so they pick up a lot, you know, on that. And it's not just that, dogs. I've also right. offered Reiki to um, cats and horses. Oh, and, um, too. I didn't know that. Oh, they're, they're fascinating. They They are really, really fascinating. One of the first do you want a story about one of the horses? Oh, yes, absolutely. So when I was training, um, you know, with Reiki, I would go out. I went to a horse rescue, and I offered Reiki to um, some of the horses. And I would stand outside the stall, and this one horse, Purple, I remember his name was Purple, he was standing in the back of the stall. And so I'm offering the Reiki energy to him, and all of a sudden, he, he's like a circle. He comes up to the front of the stall. He stands there for a couple of minutes, and then he circles back, and then he stops. And then he kept coming up and going back, and he just kept making this circle. And I'm just continuing to offer him um, the Reiki. And all of a sudden, when he comes up to the front of the stall, he turns his body, and he moves his rear end to face me. And because of my sense of humor, I went when I when I after I finished and I called you know after I got home and I called my my Reiki master instructor, I I mentioned to her what was going on and I said you know I said I guess by giving me his you know putting his rear end in my face he was pretty much telling me um, this is what I think of you know your Reiki and what you know what you're offering me <laughs> oh, and her God. her response to me was never make any assumptions and never think anything about what the animal, how they're responding. And it just so happens that right after that, um, I heard from the woman that ran the uh, horse rescue, and Mm -hmm. she told me when we talked about purple, she said that he had a urinary tract infection. So what he did was when he got the feeling of what was happening with um, Reiki energy, he actually turned his body so that the energy would flow into his urinary tract. Oh my God! Isn't that? <laughs> you know, you know, you said something just prior to the horse that I can so relate to. I don't live by my son and daughter-in-law. They live in Arizona. They have three dogs. One is my son's dog is 16. It's a pug. Her uh-huh. dog is a 15-year-old. Um, Chihuahua mix, and then Ooh, she um, older, and then senior. yes, and then she um, has her mother's dog after her mother passed away, and I'm not exactly sure how old that dog is, but mm-hmm. what you just said is exactly what we were talking about yesterday on Zoom. One dog started to not feel well, then the next dog started to not feel well, and it was like they all ended up uh, at the vets. And what the vet said to them is your dog is feeling the fact that you have been home with them all this time, and now you are slowly going back to the university. They work for U of A, back to the Mm -hmm. university, not working from home, working in the office, leaving them home by themselves, 
And these dogs were reacting to that. Just exactly what you're saying. I, I can't wait to share this information with them and perhaps what we will learn together and what you'll be sharing with our listeners is precisely we're going to get more deeply involved into what Reiki is because we got to, we, obviously I want you to define that. But before mm-hmm. we get there, um, they don't have a pool, so they're not going to get into a pool with their dogs. But a lot of people have pools where they live. Or maybe mm-hmm. they may not have a pool, but they have a friend that has a pool. So let's right. talk about dog swimming. Let's let's start there with uh, that category of of swimming. Tell us about that. So I have um, three categories of care in in my swimming. One is um, recreational swimming, and that's the dog already knows how to swim and loves it. Um, And then I have something where I call learn to swim. And um, you're correct in what you had said earlier that it's not necessarily instinctual that a dog will automatically swim. When I say I teach them, learn, you know, they learn to swim, what I'm actually doing is helping them get over the fear of not being able to t- touch the ground. Um, I see. I've had, I've had many people, especially when I first started, and, you know, you, you go through a learning curve when you're doing this stuff, and I would say to people, does your dog um, like the water? And they go, oh, yeah, they love it. And then I get them. So what they're saying is, oh, they love to run through the sprinklers or they have a mm. kiddie pool where they get in it and they lay down, but they're still on solid ground. Whereas once I put them in the water and they they can't touch the ground, they're, um, you know, they start panicking. Mm-hmm. And um, so then they'll say to me, oh, maybe I didn't explain that right. So <laughs> now I always go, have, has your dog ever been swimming before? So I have learned to delve into that a little bit more than when I, you know, first started. And mm-hmm. um, I always, like with first-time swimmers, and, well, especially any first-time client, I always offer them like 10 or 15 minutes of Reiki and then some light massage so they get to know my touch. And then they always have a life vest on. I don't care to them mm. if it's um, a um, water dog, if it's a golden retriever or a lab. If they've never been with me in my pool before, they always get, a license on them because it's a new pool. It's a new environment. I'm new. I just want to make sure that they, you know, are are okay, especially for um, dogs that are brand new to swimming and are not considered a water dog. I um, never take my hands off them until I see that their confidence is building. And then we start, you know, and I do that gradually where I work into getting their, um, taking my hands off of them and, and having them swim Laps. They never take their eyes off you, so I never t- have a dog turn away from their owners until I see that their confidence is building. And I'm always looking for that. I'm always looking for that what I call hook, quote unquote mm-hmm. hook, that will get them to forget about. I'm not touching the ground, meaning um, like I was working with. I think I showed you the sent you the pictures of the uh, Saint Bernard. Yes. That I, I started swimming. And I asked them if he liked toys, and they went, no, not really. He's more food-oriented. He was not interested in any food. Um, but near the end of his session, I thought, you know, let me just show him a ball. So I picked up a ball, and all of a sudden his ears, like, went straight up. I mean, he was like, <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. And I threw the ball in the water, and he actually, I have what I call tables in the, in the pool that they stand on. Um, oh. And he just took off for the ball. And prior to that, I kept lifting him off the table into the pool to get him to swim. But once he went for the ball, he got off that table on his own, and he's been having a fabulous time. So I'm always looking for something that will encourage, you know, that will get that dog and encourage that dog to want to forget mm-hmm. about, you know, uh, uh, swimming. I had a golden that I had swam for a couple of years, and, and he was great. I, I'm still swimming him, and, and he was great. But he wasn't really interested in toys. And then one day somebody brought me like a rubber duck, you know, Uh or a bird. And I threw that. And and he's a golden retriever. And we threw that into the pool, and he jumped right in after it. So Hmm. some dogs like certain toys. They have their favorites. And, um, you know, I'm always just looking for that something that will make, you know, um, you know, that will make them, you know, move through the water. Sure. And having said that. 
having said that, just let me just add one more thing. Sure. Not all of them like swimming. I have a Habanese that is a great, great swimmer. She hates it. Oh. She ha- absolutely hates it. But she's had surgery, and the swimming was helping her develop the leg muscles and, you know, w- you know working through that, you know, um, to get her muscle tone back. Uh-huh. And so um, she swims once, you know, every other week. She's down to every other week now. And, you know, I get her in there. She's not afraid of it. She just sometimes, you know, some dogs don't like it. And I will say Uh that 99% of the dogs that have never been swimming before are now avid lovers of swimming. Oh, that's neat. You had mentioned that there were three categories, that recreational swimmer, that learn to swim mm-hmm. dog, which made me think of children when it's like, yeah, I'm going to get in the pool as long as I can stand in it, but oh my God, right. what happens if I can't? What was the third category? The third category is what I call wellness swimming, mm-hmm. and that is usually my senior dogs that, um, you know, like I've had people call me and say, you know, the dogs, you know, 8, 10, 12, you know, and they go, um, I can't take them on those hour-long walks anymore. Uh, you just can't handle it. But because swimming is non-weight-bearing, it's like there's different beliefs in this. But some people say a five-minute swim is equal to a 15-minute run um, or a 15-minute walk. And um, some people say 20 minutes. I don't know what the actual you know numbers are. But I do know that um, they do get they do get that you know muscle tone in their, in, their, in their legs. And I have had some seniors that come in that are a little wobbly in uh-huh. terms of because they they can't go on those long walks anymore. And after uh-huh. they're swimming for maybe a month, uh, once or twice a week for a month, their legs are strengthened and they're not they're able to get up easier. They're, they're walking without like you know a little you know wobble in their in their walk. So. It does. It does help them. Um, Good. It does help Good. build their leg muscles. That's terrific. I want to. I, I will remind people um, at the end of the show as well. But I do want people to know that you have a fabulous website, and it's spelled T R A N Q I L P E T. No, Q U Q U I L. Oh, did I not say that properly? Even though I'm looking you, straight you at it. That's okay. all right. You left out the Q. The well, that's important. There's you. always a there's always a U <laughs> after the Q. So let me do it again. This is live. T r a n q u i l p e t dot com, and on the front of this website is a Frenchie in the water, which is just adorable. And there's lo- I mean, you have a terrific website. So I would certainly uh, encourage everybody to visit this because you will, you're only going to get an hour's worth of conversation with Gene and myself, which I'm delighted to have. But there is so much information on your website, and we're going to be talking more about that as well. And so let's, we've kind of talked about the swimming, and I love how you've got this page called, oh, it's like, you know, it's fun and wellness. Couldn't that be for people? A massage, ah, couldn't that be for people? You know, I, I love the, the, the how this combines. And so let's talk about animal massage and the difference between what a okay. massage is and petting. So I, I kind of like to, um, there, sometimes, you know, when I first started, people would say, you, you know, animal massage, well, I know how to pet my dog, which, mm-hmm. of course, it's great and you know they need that connection but sometimes when you're petting your dog you're actually like maybe they're sitting next to you while you're watching television and you're just absently petting them and what I like to say is that animal massage is like petting with intent so you're completely focused on your dog um, and and when you so what you're doing is when you put your hands on and, and this is one of my main goals with this is for people to get their hands all over their dogs um, not just petting them along their back or their head, but um, around their neck, in, you know, around their ears, down their legs, like in their like little armpits, in between their, their paws, in between their little digits. Because what you're doing is you're actually looking for, uh, well, you're hoping not to find, but suppose you find, um, you know, like a lump. And you won't know if it's cancer unless, you know, your vet looks at it. And unless you really kind of 
get your hands all over your dog, you you know, you won't be able to find that. And so, you know, maybe there's something like, you know, like I said, under the armpit, you know, places where you don't normally pet them. So it's yes. just a question of, um, you know, looking for, um, you know, looking for, hoping not to find, but if you do, then rather than waiting to say, like, say you took your dog for their annual physical in January, and then you don't really find, you find something maybe in March. Okay, well, instead of, if you found that, then you're able to call your vet and say, oh, look, you know, I found this lump. I don't know what it is, but, um, you know, can you check it out for me? As opposed to not finding it, and then the vet finds it a year later. Now, generally speaking, again, I am not a vet, but generally speaking, a vet will say that those lumps are usually fatty tissues, but there's always that chance that it's cancer. In March, then, you know, if it was cancerous, you found it, you know, eight, nine months sooner than if the vet found it during their annual exam. So that's one of the reasons why I tell people to get their hands, you know, all over their dog. You're also looking, not, in a, you know, and so you're also, you know, looking. And, and another thing that you can also find is I, I like to say that dogs talk to me when I'm doing this because, I mean, they may not literally talk to you but if you touch a dog somewhere where there's an injury or there's a soreness or something they will flinch they will turn around and look at you they will get up and walk away they may even growl I mean so those are things that you're looking for so that you know that you know there's something going on I've worked with with dogs before that maybe have um, some tightness or something in their back I had I had a couple dogs where they actually rolled onto their back so I couldn't get my hands back there on their spine. Now, they're not, you know, these these are dogs, you know, these dogs aren't, you know, trying to bite me or anything. They're just, right. you know, I'm not going to hurt you, but I want to protect, you know, that part of me that's a little tight. Um, sometimes a dog, when I'm working on, a lot of times dogs have a tightness in their hips, and they'll get up and they'll walk across the room and they'll sit there. And the owners will say, should we call them back? And I go, no, no, just leave them there for a minute. And they'll kind of shake it out. And then I'll call them and they'll come right back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they they let you know when something's, when something's bothering them. And yeah. so, um, well, that's, so you, those you know, are things that you need to watch out for those things. Right. And I really could hear, I mean, I think what you said was important. I mean, petting with intention. I mean, you can pet with love, too. But what you're saying right. is that there's a t- time where you're not just watching Jeopardy and petting your dog. You're actually focusing on your dog. Right. And I actually right. do that with my cat. And um, it was because of something that I saw on her skin that I thought, what is that? I don't remember that being there before. Well, turns out my indoor cat had fleas. And she needed to have that addressed. Oh, and while she's there, guess what? She has mites in her ears. Why would I have ever known that? I didn't know that. So there were eardrops that had to go in her ears twice a day for a week that she loved and I loved. That was that was a joy. Um, but, you know, she's fine now. So I appreciate that you're saying you're not a vet. You're not saying that you're a vet. You are kind of like that. Um, horse dog whisperer. Well, who was that guy a million years ago? But you know, you oh, are interested. Caesar Milan. Yes, that Caesar Milan. The, the dog. Yeah, the dog whisperer. Yeah. Yeah. So I sort of see you as in that context, but in a, to a different level. We've talked about the massage, um, but I I think it would be great now to talk about Reiki because I think there are people that maybe have never heard the word it is spelled r-e-i-k-i and why don't we start off with the definition of what that is because for people that don't know that's a good place to start okay so reiki is a form of japanese meditation is basically what it is and it was discovered back it was actually done by the uh, tibetan monks like thousands and thousands of years ago but it was actually developed by um, uh, Sensei Isui back in the 1920s, and um, he uh, created it for people. And I think maybe um, – uh, so, so let me just go back to the definition. So Reiki, 
means ray means um, spirit and ki means energy. So it's translated into universal life energy. And it, uh, about 20, uh, so again, it was started for humans. And then maybe 20 years ago, some brilliant, brilliant person decided to offer it to animals because, again, they are very sensitive to energy and they, and they pick up on that. And so, um, like I said, that was how I, I use it when I'm working with, you know, first time animals to, 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 if they're a little nervous, to calm them down yeah. by offering, um, them Reiki. Now, having said that, I, I do tell people, that because it is a meditation and it is what they consider a healing energy, not everything happens overnight, but I, right. I, I do tell people that if they meditate and they do it um, with their animals, you know, near them, they can also just kind of like envision the energy going towards their animals. So I'm not <laughs> sure if people have ever paid attention um, that, if they are meditating, is the dog with them or is their cat with them? Um, yes. I always I don't know. also. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, it's just so funny because this is like a live show. It's Monday, so the trash guys are picking up the bins. But Kitty, Miss Kitty, has walked into the room. And she started to meow. Now, I don't know if, if that could be actually picked up, but... When you talked about what you just said about meditating, because I do meditate as well, I try mm-hmm. to make that a part of my practice in the morning before I get out of bed, I am amazed at how she responds to our morning routine, including, I'm not kidding you, Jean, she actually will be on, if she's not on the bed, she jumps up on the bed, actually takes her right paw and puts it on my chin, right? And it's like I, I was gonna. I, I, it, happen, it happens. I know that. Yeah, it's done, the yeah, truth. I that. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh! You know, pets can bring so much to so many, uh, particularly during these times where so uh-huh. many of us have had to be isolated for such a variety of reasons. And hopefully, I want to get through all your services. But I certainly am curious to know how this pandemic has affected you and your job since you work directly with these animals. But So I understand the Reiki now, and that's really helpful. But what you talked about taking care of your senior pets in their, in their sunset years, it's like, okay, Dave, okay, Eva, please listen. This is for you. Let's talk about senior pet care now. Okay. So basically, it's just that you know they get they get more attached to you. People will say, um, uh, all of a sudden they're like following me around. They become more, you know, especially I, I, you know, I think we talked about this. I lost my my dog. He was 13 in April, and he was always so independent. And um, when he uh, started to, you know, decline with his health. He was, I was almost always tripping over him if I wasn't careful. If I, and he was big, so he's 85 pounds. So, but uh-huh. I would turn around and he would be, he would be right there. So it's just basically, you know, they become more dependent on you. Again, I think it's important that you um, maybe get them, you know, sometimes people are doing um, uh, semi-annual visits. They get, you know, more care, um, you you need to, there's just things that you look for to make sure mm-hmm. um have you seen behavioral changes i mean one of my dogs mm-hmm. she had cancer and um and it was inoperable mm-hmm. but this is i'm go, but this one dog i'm going back over like 25 years and okay. um she had urethral cancer and i just mm-hmm. remember um my vet saying i'll stand between you and Sasha before I let you put her through any kind of radiation or chemo. Now, it was very new in those days, so they may have, I don't know where they are today, but there's so many decisions you have to make um, without, you know, and we always feel guilty because we think we're not doing enough, but, you know, you have to also, one of the things you have to do is you also have to make sure that, you know, you're putting, you know, yourself in in the mix of, um, when you're taking care of the pet, your your senior dog, you also have to make sure that you don't forget about taking care of yourself. 
So if you do have to go to the vet, you should go with um, bring someone because you're going to be so emotionally attached that you may not hear what they're saying. And so somebody that um, goes with you will be able to, um, you know, will be able to um, hear, you know, what the vet is saying to you more. Um, you also have to be careful because, you know, our friends have the best intentions, but they're not living with you in that pet. So you just need to be, you know, you know, they may come over and be around for a couple hours and go, oh, they're fine. Um, right. But but you're the one that's living this with them, you know, 24/7, and so you will be able to see. So you know, you know, are do, how do they react to sound? Uh, you know, are they getting hard of hearing? Uh, do they have you know arthritis? How are they you know moving? There's all these things that um, you know that that you look for, and there are things that you can do, you know, um, you know, like if you have a pool or know someone has a pool. My pool is heated um, year-round. Well, during the summer, I don't need to heat it, but during the winter, I, I do swim dogs. I have a lot of dogs with arthritis, so the pool is always kept, you know, above 80 degrees for them, and um, that also helps, you know, uh, loosen up their muscles. I also have a friend that has a Welsh Terrier that is 14, and I always tell her that he has severe arthritis, tell her that she needs to do light massage to help, you know, after sleeping all night, because, you know, Mm -hmm. like the rest of us, our our joints Mm -hmm. get stiff, so she should, like, do some light massage on them to help them start moving as as he moves, you know, gets around. Um, Do they react to sound? Do they recognize you or other people? Um, there's a big thing about quality of life. I do have a quality of life scale. Um, and, um, if people are interested, if they email me, I'm happy to send it to them. It is a part of my senior pet care, um, seminar. Um, you talked about, um, with the pandemic, I originally last year shut down. So I converted a lot of these things to, um, Zoom classes. Nice. And um, so uh, if they're not in my area, they can certainly go online and sign up for one of my, my classes, um, you know, Zoom classes. And nice. um, I also have, if they, and also I will tell you that as far as my, I do do a monthly um, uh, newsletter, but it, uh-huh. it just doesn't cover, you know, swimming and, you know, local classes or anything like that. Like, um I, I do talk about other things, like I found an article by um, this fabulous, fabulous gentleman called Rodney Habib of Planet Paws, and I didn't know this, but there, the dogs are, um, there is, uh, he's got safe, he's got, he, he listed out eight plants that help purify the air in your home because the dogs are inhaling six times more chemicals than humans are. So um, I always thought that this was um, interesting. So it's not just about what's happening locally. It's just I I do it, like I said, everything I do is for overall pet care. And so this is something that only uh, affects your dogs, but it also affects your, 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 you know, your cats and, you know, your children. So, you know, um, I'm looking at that right now on your website. And those of you that are listening, if you go to her blog, Jean's blog tab, you will see that it's eight pet safe plants that purify your air, and you can read more about that. Your, your, your web page is fabulous, and you, you are easily reachable, and I think the fact that you, you know, can be connected, uh, contacted even if you're not living in the South Bay uh, where you're living or near me, that there's still a way that you can provide um, some support. And one of the things you mentioned also, Jane, is why it's important to give your dog a monthly in-home exam. Because I think you kind of mentioned that earlier, right, that by doing that petting, not the petting, but the massaging with intention, with focus, is that part of what the daily, I mean, the monthly home exam is, that, or is there you know, more? The, it, it, can, it can be. The, the um, monthly in-home pet exam is 10 steps, and once you get into it, it should take you like 10, 15 minutes top to do it. And, again, you're, you are starting out what I call the um, opening, which is you are getting your hands all over your dog to feel, or your cat, 
to feel um, are there any changes um, in in their in their hair in their coats in their hair are you touching them somewhere like I said the other thing that you also get into this is not only are you just touching them everywhere but you're also going to be taking their heart rate and oh. and and then and then you take their heart rate and and here's a perfect example of why this I, I feel this is important so we go back to the annual exam in um, January. We'll just use January. So now you start sure. doing your your in-home pet exam, and you do it February, March, and April. And um, for adult dogs, normal heart rate is between 40 and 100 beats per minute. So say you're doing February, March, and April, and the heart rate is, say, it's around 60 beats per minute. And then you get into February, March. So then you get into May, and you take, you're doing your your exam, and all of a sudden it drops to 30 or it's over 100. Mm. Okay, that is a big difference between what happened over the last three months. So you are tracking these things, and, and I also, in this class, I also give you a form that you, you know, that you will fill out every month and, and you track it. So when you see that big drop or increase, you know this is not normal, so then you call, you know, then you call your vet and go, look at, I, you know, I've been taking their heart rate for the last three months, and and it's been consistently around 60 beats per minute, and now all of a sudden it's 110. Um, but then of course the vet's going to say, well, bring them in here so I can check them out. Okay, if you had not been checking this monthly, you wouldn't know. So maybe there's something that can be that the vet can treat that rather than waiting another, you know, the, the, to the end of the year for that annual visit, you're finding it so much sooner that it's able to be treated sooner. The same thing with their breathing rate. You're going to, uh, I teach you how to take their breathing rate um, and you look at their gum colors and how you test their gums and you look at their teeth and you look at their pupils and you're smelling their ears and you're, you know, so there's all these 10 steps that you do that you really should try and do monthly just so that you can track when you see something changes. And that's a service that you provide, that people can go to your website and learn more about that. And can you yeah, do that? Yeah. Can you do that? Um, are you doing some of those things on Zoom? Since I, I am doing that. Surprisingly, I was doing this over the last year on Zoom. So what mm-hmm. they have to do is they have to have a computer with a camera because uh-huh. they're going to turn the camera around and face the dog so and right. then I can see their hands on their dogs, so I can direct them through what they need to do in terms of um, getting their hands on their dogs. Oh, I love that. I, I, you know, I suppose it's one of the positives that's come out of this last year and a half is that, you know, the Zooming allows so much more than, I mean, granted, you do have to have the ability with a camera. You do have to be able to to, to know how to zoom, and right, obviously right. that that's important. Um, I I had a woman on my show um, just last week, and that's that's her career, where she teaches older adults how to how to manage technology. That's why I love doing this, Jean. I love mm-hmm. doing this because. I can feel I can feel it in my heart as you speak why you love this I, I I can I can feel it and I think that that's it's just so outstanding and I I know we're just going to suddenly run out of time but I do wanted to talk about the pet first aid and the CPR workshops is that something that you are only doing in person once that comes back or how tell us a little bit about how that part I works. have I I have started doing in person. I did try and do them um, online. I just, you know, it's, I just feel that um, they don't get the same benefit. Um, well, let me back up first. Let me, let me. Sure. I, 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 I forgot something about when they're taking the um, ten steps. Everything oh, yes. that they they see that I teach them because I also have it as a PowerPoint. They get a copy of this manual, so they have exactly step-by-step instructions that they can follow, you know, after the class. And then I'm also, if anybody has any problems or any issues, I'm always just a phone call away. I just don't disappear. 
after they take my, you know, my online class, uh, you know, if they're in a different state, and then I just don't disappear after that. I'm always around. Um, now, getting into pet first aid, I teach the class in such a way, and, and, and I went through an organization that I thought, you know, they, they do a fabulous job because I've done a couple of different um, organizations, and the one that I, I, I trained with a couple of years ago, I love I love their, their training. So I bring a live dog to class because when I, when I didn't, and one of my clients who I was swimming her dog came in, shit the class, and then when I saw her the next week, she goes, you know, I can't find the heartbeat on um, – I can't find the heart rate or the heartbeat on, you know, my dog. And I went, well, we know it's there because she's (laughs) walking around. So I now have a live dog in class, and I keep my classes no more than 10 people because it is a five-hour class. Um, Wow. I have a minimum of of five to 10 people. I keep it small because every single person – has to put their hands on 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 my 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 assistant. I call my my dog that helps me with this. My assistant. They have to find the heart rate so they know where to find it on their dog. They have to look at the breathing rate. That's also part of, like I said, the um, the uh, the ten step. They have to, um, in case of an emergency, they have to practice putting a muzzle, uh, a makeshift muzzle on a dog. Um, I do have also uh, mannequins, dog mannequins that they they use for doing the CPR. Um, I also have stuffed animals where we talk about how to wrap wounds and and what you need to do with that. Mm. So everybody, you just don't watch watch the class. You have to participate. Every single person has to do this. So and then I tell people you have to go home and practice, practice, practice because. You know, when you're doing these things with your dog, if you, you know, if if you if you're not comfortable with it, you know, you you get and again, whatever's on that PowerPoint, you also get. I have a manual that I created based on my PowerPoint. That's exactly what you see on my PowerPoint screen. That is, it's over a hundred pages. Wow. And there's some added there's some added things in there as well, and a lot of stuff that I teach separately, one of the things I do with the Pet for Day classes, I throw in as a bonus the 10 steps for the, the exam. Um, so that's also included, you know, in, in the Pet for Day class. But I also, just so you know, because I don't like people taking off and then, you know, you come back late. So I also supply a light lunch and snacks and we take plenty of breaks in between. And so um, I just think it's important. I am doing a class um, at Dogtopia on September 26th. So if you look on my website, I, I do do them. Um, I try and do one monthly. And like I said, I only do a minimum or a maximum of 10. I have to have a minimum of five, but a maximum of 10 people. And I can also come to you if it's a rescue group or somebody that um, I also tell people, if you can get the minimum of, you know, like five friends together, I offer the class to you for free. So because you're doing the work of getting the people together for me. And wow. so and you get a two year you get a two year certification and again, like I said, this manual that's, you know, a hundred a hundred pages. Let me be clear about what you just said. So people are listening. I mean, I I have started more conversations in my community of Westchester with all these doodles, all these fabulous dogs that are forever walking around. We're all neighbors. And what you're saying is that if I was to say to them, hey, you know what? If you want to get a group of people together, I know somebody that can train you and your other five or six friends, and you will not charge any of them? No, no, no. Just the just the person that oh, they're organized it. together. Oh, that's I was or- going to say, organizer. Mike. Oh my gosh. No, I no, was no. going to say, oh, geez. Aren't you glad I cleared that up? Um, yeah, yes. That's no, like, no, no. Oh, this, you, I apologize. Yeah. Just the person that gets the friends together. Got it. Um, Got it. But I also give. I also will give those people a discount on. The, it's usually one hundred nine dollars, and uh-huh. I usually will. I like, give it to them for like ninety nine. I, you know, my mind is always going at warp speed, 
And um, I'm going to be so happy because not only are you doing this podcast with me, but you're also coming to my Rotary Club. And you're going to be speaking about this. It's not going to be for an hour. It's going to be about 20 minutes. But the people Mm -hmm. that will be in attendance are locals. But I'm just thinking about somebody that I know right now that's a realtor in this community that has an older dog and a pool. And I'm thinking, holy cow. I need to get in touch with her. I'm making myself a mental note. Um, because I don't know that anybody does what you do. And, I mean, I just think that that is – I just think that that's so great. I, you must love what you're doing. I, I love my clients. <laughs> I love my clients. And I, and I will tell you, there are many times when I will um, run into people on, you know, at you know, at the streets or on the restaurants or you know wherever you know shopping or something like that. I cannot remember their name, but I will remember the name of yes. Them. Of course, <laughs> isn't that so funny? You're I'm not alone sorry, in that. But You're... I always remember the dog's name. I now, think when you talk yeah. about when when I also wanted to point this out because I know yes, that um, I, I didn't mention this before, but um, if if. I'm hoping that people that have pools, they have taught their dogs how to get out of the pool, where oh. the exit is, because the, I don't know what, I, I tried to, to find the statistics on this, and they just don't have them, but what happens is, um, I did go to somebody's house one time, and they had an, an, an in-ground pool, and you could see where, and they had an Akita, so they had this gigantic, big dog, mm. and somehow the dog ended up falling into the pool. And um, you could see where he did, thank God, get himself out of it. But he destroyed that whole end of the pool trying to pull himself out. So what? But generally, what happens is um, dogs will they'll just go swim to a side of the pool and then they'll keep trying to you know move their paws to try and get out and then they get overly tired and then they just fall back and they drown. Oh, so no. what happens is, that, and, and that's very common, so what happens is I do go to people's homes. E- even when I'm teaching them in my pool, I, I tell them about uh, about this because if they're in a pool, they need to, like, let the dog know where the stairs are. Maybe you put, like, a balloons or some kind of chair or mm. something like that in front of the stairs so they would see them. Um, so so this, this woman called me about this Akita, so I went to her home, um, we got the dog in the pool. I put him in one corner of the pool where he had fallen in before, and he did try to do the same thing where he tried to get out. I let him do that for a couple seconds. Then I pull him back, and then I just kind of swim him along the perimeter of you know with his body against the side of the pool. And then so he took a couple strokes, and then he stopped, and then he tried to pull himself out again. And then I pulled him in, and then I just kind of guided him along the side of the pool, and we kept doing this until he just kept following the, the perimeter of the pool until he found the steps, and then he climbed down. And so if you can get a dog, I hope I explained that correctly. So you if you did. can get your dog to understand if they just follow the side of the pool, eventually they'll come to the stairs where they can get himself out. So we did this a few more times where we put him back in the pool. I got him in another corner, and i got to tell you, this guy – the minute he understood I can get out where the stairs are, no, he didn't follow the perimeter of the pool. He just made a beeline, you know, as the crow flies to wherever I, wherever I put him in the pool. He just made a beeline across the pool for the stairs. So now he knew where they were. So that is something um, that, uh, you know, is a, 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 another couple brought me, the, uh, their, and, and this was a Labrador retriever, and she came to me at nine months, absolutely terrified of the pool because she fell in nobody was home Uh, they don't know how long she was there but she was clinging to the side of the pool and the stairs were two feet to her left Hmm. and here's a labrador that the, the vet wanted her to swim because she had elbow dysplasia but it took me months to get her over the fear of of the pool of the water because of that experience. And this is a water dog that she shouldn't, you know, that I'm sure if she had, if they, if she knew where the stairs were and they were right next to her, but she didn't know that. So that's why I tell people it's very important if you have a pool, either number one, if there's a fence around it, make sure the fence 
is closed and locked or teach them how to get out of the pool. That is so key to, you know, the dog's peace of mind and, and your peace of mind. And a tragedy. And, you know, what? as you've been talking today and you've been sharing these different um, methodologies and ideas, so many of them are transferable to people. You know, at, yes. at a certain age when you're going to the doctor, times it's really helpful to have another set of ears with you, is it all possible, Absolutely. if you're stressed? You know, I did that for my parents when they were elderly, and, you know, it's you don't know what you're going to hear, or, or then they come home and tell you what the doctor said, but they got it all wrong. So I'm thinking right. about that. I'm thinking about if you have small children, yes, you you need to have them in a vest. You talked about a vest. Yes, they need to know where the stairs are. They need to know how to get out. And CPR for dogs? I'm going to tell you because I don't have a dog. That would have never occurred to me. I, I, I just I think that what you're talking about is so important because, you know, we don't have our pets forever. You know, that is right. the sad part. That is that rainbow bridge that you read on social media when someone has just lost their dog and or their cat. And it's it's just heartbreaking. You don't want that to ever happen, even though it's going to happen at some point. Um, and and the services that you're providing to make that pet-parent combo so enriched, I guess is how I hear that, including the horse. I know that there are people, I had somebody on my show, that, that horses are so um, in-tuned to people that they are used for peeping, people that have eating disorders by just petting a horse and getting a connection to a horse. It is just remarkable the value of of animals in our homes. I mm-hmm. I, I don't I just I I can't imagine it. You know now that I have one. Um, what that just means to me to just know that I'm speaking to somebody during the day, how you doing, you know, you want some more water, you know, turn over, she'll just throw herself on the ground and I'm doing these belly rubs and the leg goes back out and the head goes back and, oh, my God, it's just, I don't know who's happier under those those circumstances, um, Kitty or myself, but I, I do think that your website is superior and that because you. you offer what you do, um, I don't know anybody else that does what you do. Um, I, I think that this is such a wonderful opportunity for me to hear about what you do and for our listeners to understand, because when you said, when you talk about a webinar, just so that I'm clear in um, the description, when you say Mm -hmm. that you can do a webinar, is webinar and Zoom one and the same? Yes, yes. Okay. That's what I mean. It's a Zoom. It's an online web class via Zoom. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so it's an online web class via Zoom. And and granted, as you mentioned, you know, you you do have to have the capabilities. Um, You know, how how would you know? And, I mean, you're going to demonstrate how to get feel the heart rate and do all that. I mean, I don't even do that on myself, Um, you know, and you're making me think, well, I might want to consider that. Do you happen to just know, and I hate to put you on the spot like that, but you had mentioned that the typical beats per minute for a typical dog was adult dog was between 40 and 100 beats per minute. Mm-hmm. Do you happen to know what it is for for a cat? Is it is it different for cats? 80, 80, yes, it's 80 to 140. 80 to 140. That's really mm-hmm. that's really interesting to know. Um, and I, I I'm I'm grateful. I'm glad I asked you that, but because I I didn't know that. Well, I can tell you, Jean, this this has really been informative. And I think that the services that you provide are terrific, and you have, your, like I said, 
Tranquil Pet, and you know, I'm going to say it one more time, but it will be in all of my social media. All of you do know how to spell Tranquil. It is T-R-A-N-Q-U-I-L-P-E-T dot com. And Jean is is that guru that's going to be able, because you got to figure, you, you probably do practice yoga or something to that effect. If you're doing Reiki and if you're doing meditation, you have a, a spiritual side to you that I'm sure you use even when you're not working with your animals. Would I be right about that? Right. Yes. I would think I, so. I do, a, I do a Reiki self-session every morning for myself. Wow. I think that's so neat. And, you know, I didn't know the background on Reiki, so I, I appreciate you telling me that because I, I was not aware of that. So, um, well, I, in the old days, in the old days, Jean, when I was in the L.A. Talk Live studio in Westchester, which is where our chamber office is, you would have been in my studio, and we would have been doing a live audio and visual show. But now that I podcast, you're all just going to have to imagine and imagine your dog or your cat or maybe somebody with a horse that could benefit by the information that you shared today. I am so grateful that you've taken the time to join me on this podcast, Jean. It's just been wonderful. Oh, I, I, and I, Marcia, I so appreciate your um, offering to um, have me speak on your class, uh, speak on your show. I really enjoyed this. Good. Well, I think we've, we've, we've bonded and that often happens, Gene, with my guests, where there's just a connection and a community and our conversation. So when I say, what's your story, we've just heard yours. So everybody, I want you to have a wonderful week um, and take care of yourself because that is important as well. I think you'd be the first to say that before you can take care of your pet. You know you need to take care of yourself as well. And so take that deep breathing time in your life. Take a little time to meditate because everybody wins. So thanks once again, Jean, for just sharing this time with me. It's just, it's been delightful. My pleasure, okay. Marcia. Thank you again for your time as well. You're welcome. Okay, everybody, I'm going to sign off now, so have a great week. Bye for now.